You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded Podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, get more customers and clients, and monetize on social media. And today, I am excited, as always, when we have special guests to talk about geeking out on social media and digital marketing. And today, I'm excited to have Kimberly Lewis of Curl Mix and so many amazing things she has been doing. And we're going to be talking all about the best practices for e-commerce marketing, because as we know, there are different strategies that you need in order to market your business effectively using social media and beyond. So Kimberly, welcome to the Social Media Decoded Podcast. So excited to have you today. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Oh my gosh, we go way back. Michelle was one of the first influencers we worked with literally in 2015, 16, very early. Very early. Yes, I'm excited to be here today. It's like full circle. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. So me and Kim met back in the day. Kimberly had a previous business where she was doing natural hair events and I was on the panel. That was so exciting. But then we connected again at Curl Mix and I did a YouTube campaign for Kimberly and Curl Mix back in the day. I think it was the the peppermint oil treatment. I cannot, I, I can't forget that peppermint hot oil treatment. So how did you get started with just social media in general, growing your business? I know you have an amazing story. So give us an overview of how you got started and how amazing Curl Mix is. So currently we, uh, Curl Mix is our biggest brand. We help women master their curls in 21 days. Our product is free via store credit. Um, and we are a four-step system to help them get the best wash and go ever. So but that's not how we started. We started uh, back in 2013 as the Natural Hair Academy, which is how Michelle and I met early, early on, um, where she was one of our panelists at a natural hair, international natural hair meetup day. Uh, and this was back in 2014, probably, I want to say. Um, and then later we pivoted to a DIY box for curly hair. So think like Blue Apron, but for hair. And we did that for like two years, made maybe 130000 the first year, 140000 the second year. Without spending money on ads, we weren't really growing the way a subscription box should grow. And my margins were so low. Um, they're about 30%. And I later found out that for a hair care company, the margins are sit around like 70% um, for the same average order value of 30 bucks. And I was like, oh, even if I could scale this business, I shouldn't because I'm not going to be able to have enough money to market, to pay my employees, to do all the things. And so after two years of doing that business, we pivoted to our best selling box, which is our flaxseed gel. So the flaxseed gels that flaxseed that you eat or you use as a baking substitute or um, or to replace eggs, when you boil them, you get a really nice gel and you extract the gel and it gives you something you can use in your hair to get a good right wash and go. And it's a natural and organic gel. No manufacturer would manufacture for us, and so we did it ourselves. We I spent I was seven months pregnant in 2017. I spent all all month making 50 different batches of flaxseed gel in my kitchen, and so I landed on something launched pre-orders to my audience and sold hundreds in a matter of hours. And we had sold nothing that was that successful before. So we're like, oh, this is what we need to do. Pivoted to that. Top of 2018, we're selling flaxseed gel and moisturizer. We do about a million in revenue that year. 
And then the next year we appear on Shark Tank where we did about $5 million in revenue. Um, and I got an investment from the former CEO of LinkedIn, uh, Jeff Weiner, for $1.2 million in my seed round. And then after that, a couple of years later, we crowdfunded, equity crowdfunded, where we raised $4.5 million from 7,000 customers, uh, which is like unprecedented because most people don't allow their customers to invest. Um, but we did. And then recently, um, we, then we were appeared on Inc. Um, Inc. 5000, number 93 out of 5000 privately held companies. Uh, we were number 93 fastest growing out of the 5000. So super cool. And we manufacture a, I'm sorry, we have a manufacturing facility on the south side of Chicago, about 30,000 square feet. where We make all of our products. And social media is so important, Michelle, because it is where we started. And when I say social media, people have to think, eliminate the Instagram version of what you think social media is. Social media is digital advertising. Social media is Facebook groups. Social media is LinkedIn posting. Social media is TikTok creation. You know, it is YouTube videos. It is not just I'm posting a photo on Instagram or real. So social media is literally just you talking to your neighbor, but it happens to be digitally. Oh, that background. I hope you guys are ready to take notes because... I only bring the best experts on the Social Media Decoded podcast, and Kimberly is an expert. Do you hear all this experience, how she has started? Things may have not went the way she thought, or she couldn't scale that, so she tried something else and tried something else and kept moving forward with it. And so I want everyone listening to know that building a business is not a linear. It's not linear. It's going to go up and down. You're going to have to start over. You're going to have to figure things out. But once you get that thing, like Kimberly said, the they saw after strategy and analysis of that, that this was the best selling thing. And that was the thing to move forward with. And it changed the trajectory. So know that you may be like in this place where it's like, oh, I have all these products. I'm trying to sell them online. Nothing is happening, but you're going to get there. That's what I want to say. So that was an amazing background. And I don't know if you all have watched the Shark Tank episode, please go Google it, Curl Mix on Shark Tank, because they did amazing. And I won't tell you what happened if you haven't seen it. So you got to go watch it. Okay. You got to go watch it. So let's talk about, because you you talked, I like how you said social media is not Instagram. Thank you for that. Because, <laughs> let's be honest. I know it's such a popular platform that people just think that's the end all be all. But I want to have the conversation of, why it's important to experience e-commerce and how that fits into social media in a different way, just not being on Instagram. So from your experience, how have you been able to leverage all of your social media platforms? Because I know you you did say Facebook groups too, which I think is very important to work for your business. One of the early things I did, which I think was the smartest thing I've ever done and the, the cheapest thing I've ever done, which I didn't even realize I was doing at the time, is that the moment we started selling our flaxseed gel and figuring out how to make everything and launch our own manufacturing facility, we launched a Facebook group for in 2017 uh, for all of my customers who were buying products immediately after they purchased, they would get an invite to the Facebook group. Mostly because I was like, if they don't like it, I want them to complain in the group, not like publicly just for anybody to see. Um, but then it became so much more than that because I was trying to do damage control with it, but it ended up being a community. So I got to see who my customers looked like, how they were wearing their hair, if they struggled with the product, if they loved the product on first try, um, who their kids were, what they did for a living, like all the stuff that we try to get surveys behind, you could actually see people's faces in real time of what they're doing. Um, and it became a way for me to communicate with them, not just for them to send me an email at info at It became a way for 
me to talk back to them and uh, humanize my brand. So for them, for me to share Kim and Tim with them, and and in doing that Facebook, we were also going live uh, on Facebook every Wednesday doing Wash and Go Wednesday. So I was like, because Wash and Goes are not easy for people to figure out the first time they do it. I was like, I have to show them. Actually, my my customer service rep at the time, she begged me to go live. She's like, Kim, they need to see how to use the product and they don't get it. And a reel is not sufficient. And at the time we didn't have reels. So that like, video is not sufficient. You need to go live and explain and talk and answer their questions. And I'm like, begrudgingly, I did it because I was like, okay, I don't necessarily want to be live, but whatever, I'll figure it out and I'll do it. And then it became this like almost like customer acquisition channel. And then this event that they could go to every Wednesday, coupled with the fact that there was a Facebook group. So in the group, people would be like, oh, Kim is live or, oh, we're going live. And they would get, they would win different things for sharing. We'd incentivize that. But this is before we even really figured out Facebook ads, honestly. Um so yeah, so I think social media is important and I think it's important to figure out which channel works best for you. Um, like for example, if I was a con- general contractor and I wanted to get more clients for home renovations, maybe YouTube would be my platform or maybe Pinterest would be my platform. Um, maybe Instagram for reels. You know, I see a lot of transformations there. Probably not LinkedIn, probably not um, maybe TikTok, maybe, maybe. But I know for YouTube, people are always searching you know what I mean? Like home DIY improvement type of stuff. For me, my customers are black women over 40 who wants to wear her hair the same to her board meeting as she does to her kid's soccer game, as she does to a date or girls night with her friends. And because she wants her hair to be the same and natural and a go-to style, wash and goes work for her. And she is on Facebook and Facebook groups specifically like the mommy groups, the Peloton groups, et cetera. She's not really posting on Instagram. So for us, you know, Michelle, you might look at our Instagram and say, oh, it probably needs like maybe it's not as um, robust as it could be. And it's not we don't produce a, a lot of reels for Instagram because they don't necessarily they don't see that content and believe it. They don't see the reels and be like, oh, that transformation will work for me. They want to see real people user generated content in a Facebook group um, that is not filtered by the brand. So that is why Facebook groups are like so right now we have about 17000 customers, customers in our Facebook group. And if you're not a customer, we don't let you in. See, I hope everyone was listening. That was such a really great explanation. I'm sitting over here like, if you all can see the video part of this, I am cheering because Instagram may not be for you. And that is okay. You may not use it as like the sales platform. I know for me, I can definitely get sales, but I'm using it as brand awareness, anything. And I know I got to nurture these customers till they do buy something. And so don't feel like Instagram has to be your only platform because it doesn't have to be. You heard Kim say that she's on Facebook and it works for her. Her audience is on Facebook and she has 17,000 customers that you can only get in if you're a customer. So congratulations to that. That is like so awesome. And I hope again, everyone's taking notes because this is great. So e-commerce, this this is going to be a popular episode. So I hope everyone is taking notes because Black Friday is approaching. All right. So <laughs> how important is the customer experience? I want to talk about that, about that because I feel like a lot of people don't really necessarily have, they want to sell the products on social media, right? From their e-commerce and they, they want to do that, but then the customer buys and then everything else is not together. So how important is that customer mm-hmm. experience to continue to get repeat customers? 
So, you know, if you go on Shark Tank, you'll, and most people will experience an influx of orders. The amount of orders you get typically depends on what number you go up in the episode. So if you're first, you make the most money. If you're second, you make the next month, most money. The third person, you know, we were third. Well, so we had a pretty successful episode, but, you know, we had about 10,000 orders from that episode and within that month period. We were also running money on ads as well, significantly. So, and I would say 7,000 of the 10,000 orders we got out within record timing. But those 3,000 orders, mm, they took about six weeks. And I can, I can pretty much guarantee you that the people who took six weeks were not coming back um, because it just took too long. We live in a microwave for society. And whether or not you can complain about it or you can get with the program. And people expect their products within a week of ordering. Um, and they are measuring you against Amazon. Maybe they won't expect it in two days, but they definitely expect it to be here within a week. Uh, and so... If it's not positive, I mean, one, you're wasting your money because you spent money to acquire that customer, whether or not you know the price of that or not. And what's the money that you spent to acquire that customer? Um, the people that you hire in social media, the money you may have spent on ads, the money, any kind of money you spend on marketing, influencer management, any of that, that is all customer acquisition costs. So if you just say you spent $50 to acquire that customer and they only spent $75, but then they had a poor experience, then, you know... Let's say your product costs $30 to manufacture. Maybe you lost $5 on that order. And the only way you're going to make recoup your investments is if they come back a second time. If they don't return, if your repeat rate is not strong, and I say strong, if you're e-commerce and beauty, your repeat rate should be at least 25%. Um, at minimum 20, 25% is good. Outstanding is 35%. And if it's not near there, you know, you're losing money on that customer. Money out the window. So, and I think a lot of us... Um, we get frustrated with our customers and kind of give them a little sass sometimes. And I'm just saying this from a small business perspective. You're just hurting yourself. You know, sometimes you can turn a mean customer into the, a raving fan by treating them really nicely, having an easy return policy. And if not easy return policy, uh, a clearly stated non-refundable return policy on your website that's not hidden. Um, I think it's important that I say we we provide store credits and not like, oh, money back guarantee. People will, they'll be slick about that. Um, but it'll always come back to bite you at the end of the day. So customer experience is huge for us. Huge, huge, huge. And we just want to make our customers happy. And that's something they rave about in the Facebook group. <laughs> yes. So see, making your customers happy, then they'll go to social media and write you a testimonial. Then they'll share with your friends. But I'm glad you said that and about being on Shark Tank and how, you know, that af affected you because that's important to have a real life scenario. It's like, yes, we went on this show, then we got an influx of orders. And then this is what happened. But this is how we came against that and made it work. Right. So I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. I want to talk about ads because... I think that ads are very important for e-commerce business owners in a way that it can definitely help you. But not everybody may not have money for ads. So could you just let us know like the benefits, number one, and the different types of ads that maybe you have utilized or seen other people utilize? And if someone doesn't have the budget, where would be the best place to start if you want to get more reach? Because obviously with paid ads, you're going to get more reach than just organic. The best ads that perform are user-generated content, not just your customers, right? Then yes, your customers, but you can literally pick up your phone and say, and I've done this before, 
Uh, hi, I'm Ken, CEO and co-founder of Curlmix, and I want to help you master your curls in 21 days. And then I like, you know, we have a special masterclass for you, 30% off. Like that ad is going to do way better than any ad where you like you hire a special videographer and you guys go out and get like the best models in the city with the most beautiful faces. And then you like do this like high production quality campaign, because essentially if you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, you want to see things that look um real like you want to see things that look like what you expect to see and when it's too polished people don't believe in it so honestly i think having a big buggy budget will fool you it'll make you think that's what you need to get started and you don't second you can run different types of ads you can do lead gen where you're generating leads for your email uh, website that only makes sense if you have the funnels and things in place in klaviyo or whatever email software you use maybe it's mailchimp which means you need i don't know we have it somewhere around like 20 flows in a flow is a series of email campaigns. So in our first, our welcome flow, we might have like 50 to 100 emails of just straight content. People could just, just get, just, you know, we just give them content, free stuff um, because it makes them want to open your emails, right? You, I think digital ads are the top of the flywheel, right? Like if you have a flywheel, imagine a pinwheel that you're, spit, you know, putting air into. And I got this from the book, uh, Good to Great. There's like a little excerpt about the flywheel. Imagine if a pinwheel that, you know, if you, if you get caught in the wind, or whatever, that the more wind it gets in it, the faster it propels, right? And at the top of that flywheel is digital advertising. So many people are running these e-commerce businesses or wondering why they can't do sales online, but they're pulling out of ads because they're afraid and or they haven't been able to manage it or they haven't been able to get a good customer acquisition cost or just spending too much money. All that says to me is you need to find a better agency or you need to hire someone in-house who knows what they're doing. But it does not mean you should cut them off entirely because that is literally like cutting off the drain to your business. And this is people who want to to build e-commerce websites and want to have a successful online business. You have to be running ads to get your customers into your funnel. And you have to be sending them through a funnel or a bucket that doesn't have holes. So that means you've got your email marketing set up. You've got your SMS set up. And then finally, you have a good enough customer experience where they'll come back. And if they come back, that makes your business more profitable, which gives you more money to invest in digital advertising. So it's so important. And the only way you get good at digital advertising is you get good at content. And that's the truth. Oh, that was so good. That was so <laughs> good. When you were talking about, I'm Kim and I do this. I was like, yeah, you please. I hope everyone's taking notes. And I hope to see those videos of you in my feed of the ads that you created from what Kim has just said. It's so easy. It does not have to be polished. I'm glad you said that too, because I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to do a photo shoot. That's great. You can definitely get some content that way too. But if you are just at home and you look perfectly fine, maybe put your eyebrows on if you're a woman, you know, put your, get your eyebrows together, put your lashes on, whatever you need to do, and then get it, get, get in front of your phone and just record something simple and let people know about what you do, what you sell, how the product is more innovative than any other product they, they have ever seen. And I like how you said, send them to a freebie or something. Hey, here's my top 10 tips for X, Y, and Z. And that can be your lead magnet funnel, but don't have holes. That's what I heard. Because if you have holes, where they're gonna, where are they going to go? You want them to go somewhere, sign up for something else, get into your funnel, get into your welcome series and 50 emails. I'm taking notes because that is really intense. And I don't think that years of, that was after years of writing blogs. We put out weekly blogs for like a few years. And then we were like, we have all this content that we're only sending people to once. We should put these in emails. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing repurposing content. That is what I'm hearing. And that is a major gem. And so those going into Black Friday, I am sure that you have something in your arsenal that you can 
repurposed and now warm people up to Black Friday so that it's not crickets for you because I don't want that. I want you to sell out on Black Friday. I want you to make millions on Black Friday. So definitely let's start warming up the audience now. Warming up the audience now. So you are so creative. I feel like the like you you have been saying the Facebook group. I really love that, and you are one of the first people that I did see. You know, really going live in Facebook groups and really talking to your customer because I know that I've worked at a hair care business as well, and I definitely tried to leverage the Facebook group as much as I can. And it is it was a resource for people and a way to get them as an entry point to become a customer. So, what are some other creative ways that brands can leverage their marketing efforts? in connection with social media? Maybe it's beyond Facebook. What do you think about Twitter or Clubhouse or all these other platforms? Maybe you've seen a brand do things creatively, if you can give us an example of that. I think there's no right way. I think there can be a wrong way. I don't think there's any particular right way. And I say this because I've seen people do, so like Instagram may not be great for Chromex, you know, but it's great for 4C only, which is our other brand. Uh, 4C only is our younger brand. And it was growing on, say, Instagram way faster than our Chromex account. And I'm like, dang, Chromex has been around for years and it wasn't growing as fast as 4C only. Um, I think ways that you can use social media that can be really interesting. Uh, let me think of some things that I've seen. I love Clubhouse's referral program. I don't use Clubhouse anymore. Uh, I, I definitely think it was like one of those pandemic apps. Um, but um, I love the way that they referred people where it was like you only had three invites. And imagine if you applied that to your brain where people got, you know, three um, free products they could give people, you know, and they only got three. So they, they had to talk to the person they would give it to to make sure they were actually use it. You know, that's how we were all doing with our invites. Like, hey, man, I only got two. Like, are you really going to use it? If you are, okay, I'll send you one. You know, I'll send you one. I think that's a really clever way to um, leverage social media. Um, What else? Have we done anything that was particularly successful? Um, I mean, we we leverage social media for our crowdfund without social media and and truly email marketing. So in our Facebook group, I would say in a level of importance, email was, we used the Facebook group to kick it off because essentially that's what our customer base was. We let them get in early. Then we announced it on our Instagram at like 6 a.m. that morning. And then we sent an email blast right away. So it was almost like having the same message too across them. Sometimes people don't realize this, but like you have to make sure that wherever your customer wants to reach you, that you're communicating the same thing, which is why we switched our offer to best wash and go ever um, to we help you master your curls in 21 days. So we could have that same messaging across all the platforms. Like what's a clear offer, you know? Oh, clear offer. And I love that. I love Clubhouse is still popping now. I didn't I didn't Ah, it is. Okay, my bad, my I'm, bad. I mean, but it, you have to have you have to have a strategy. And so I was there when you, with you in the beginning in the pandemic when we were on there for 24 hours a day. I don't know what I was doing, but I I came back with a different strategy and I think it's been very beneficial. It just depends on what type of business you have and you know how you're leveraging it, but I think that if you Definitely do that, great for it business or like personal brand type stuff for sure. I'm thinking more one hundred percent. My yes. customers around hair, you know, that might be like a one and done. I don't know. It might not be as frequent for us. Yeah, and I haven't seen as many hair like I did when we first started, but I have not seen as many hair hair rooms. So you are right. I think if you maybe it's 
for the, the beauty brand owner who's trying to get more information about building their business or helping other people build their businesses. I think that Clubhouse can definitely be beneficial for that, but it's, it's changed. It's like you can pin links now and all these things, but there are so many platforms. Let's just say that. You know, so let me just say this to Michelle. I learned about equity crowdfunding via Clubhouse. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. So look at that. Yeah. Utilize these platforms because you can use this network. You never know who you will run into, chat with, make a connection with that can lead to something. And so that is awesome. That is so amazing. This has been such a jam-packed episode. I mean, I'm sure everyone should have pages and pages of notes. And if you want to tag me on Instagram at Michelle Lothames with the notes that you wrote from today, because it was just so juicy. Kim just came and dropped so many gems. Make sure to tag me on Instagram so that we can share this and we can share the this podcast episode when it does come out. So Kim, this has been so great. You have dropped numerous gems and gave people such a really robust strategy that they can take to their e-commerce business and really begin to build. But where can we find you on social media and beyond so that we can keep up with you, the amazing things that you're doing. I know you have your hands in a lot of things. Congratulations on all the brands and businesses that you have and the things you're doing. It's just amazing to see. Likewise, Michelle. Um, my Instagram is Kim Lewis, CEO, uh, K-I-M-L-E-W-I-S-C-E-O. And my website is the exact same thing. Yeah. So make sure that you follow Kim and we will have all the information about Curl Mix 4C only and all that also in the show notes, because you're going to want to check out these products. I'm telling you that her customers, they, they return. So you want to be a part of that Facebook group, that, that private Facebook group, make sure you check out the links below in the show notes. But thank you so much, Kim. This has been such an amazing episode. Oh, you're so welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Truly. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in into today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.